0: You are listening to the Piedmont Church Podcast. To learn more about Piedmont Church, including our gathering times in Macon, you can visit us online at piedmontchurch.net. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about being missional. Now, when I say being missional, uh, from time to time, I will cringe a little bit when, 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 when people speak Christianese, uh, these, these words that you don't ever hear out into the real world, but be, what is being missional? You know, I, I remember 20, 25 years ago, um, you know, nobody even talked about missions, um, and, and now there's a mission statement everywhere you go. There's one in, in every restaurant. There's one in every business. Pretty much everywhere you go, somebody's got a mission statement. So it's, it's not quite as christian ease as it used to be, but being missional is very much kind of a church thing. And we all hear these things and we go, oh, no, he's going to guilt us into doing this and that and the other thing, And now, and, and The difference between just being missional and being missional daily as a lifestyle is huge. There, there, there's endless possibilities to be missional daily as a lifestyle. I want us to look this morning at three mind-renewing changes needed to become missional, for you and I to become missional. The first one is the word that, uh, students, uh, if, you know, I'm, I'm more on y'all's level than, than probably most of the adults. Obedience is not a word that I like much. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, my wife has tried now for 38 years to whip me into obedience and, and, uh, you know, I just keep my mouth shut when I'm around her and, uh, and, and she says that works. Um, uh, but obedience is the key. I came up, I heard this thing. I didn't come up with it. I heard it some many, many years ago uh, about the, the cafeteria Christianity. Has anybody ever heard that term, cafeteria Christianity? Maybe one or two of you. Many Christians have become intentional in their faith, but not necessarily in a good way. They go through, you know, when you, when you go through, I don't know how many of y'all like uh, Piccadilly or s and or if, if we even have those things around anymore. But you go through and you say, I want a little bit of that. I don't like that. I don't like that. I want a little bit of that. And, and maybe a little bit of that just because they say that's healthy for me. I won't eat it, but put it on the plate anyway. Uh, you know, I think many of us do that with our Christian faith. I think we go through the, the, the list of things that we, we get from God's Word and, and the list of things that we we see and hear from God and we go, well, you know, that I know I ought to do that one, but I'm really not gonna. I'm doing all these other things, so as long as I'm doing these good things, these and and put a little bit of this healthy stuff on my plate, God will still be happy, even though I've chosen that this, this, and this, I'm just not going to do. That's just not going to be part of me. It's a sad thing. I want you to listen to, to what John said in John chapter 15. It says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. In you, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. My command is simple. It's this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Love each other as I have loved you. I want for just a second, y'all will look around at each other. Just, you know, turn your heads. Look at the guy in the back, the guy on the left, the guy on the right. You know, see these people. Do you love these people? I mean, do you really love these people? Do you love these people the way that God loves you? When you leave this place and you're driving <laughs> on these roads here, making it's uh, y'all, y'all drive different here. Uh, <laughs> do you love that guy who just cut you off? Do we love each other? You know, I believe that that's really not an option on the buffet. It's really something that we're commanded to do. And in order for us to be missional, we have to love one another. My wife's not here this morning. We have a Campus Crusade for Christ friends uh, coming to our home uh, this afternoon and so she's there receiving them so she doesn't have to sit here and get embarrassed but I love love my wife I mean I, I love my wife more than anything else here on this earth I love my wife more than I do my precious little baby boy over here now when I say that don't you think about Chris and being a precious little baby boy I love my wife more than I love those two precious little babies over there, if that's possible. I just love her more than anything in the world. But I remember 38 years ago plus, 38 plus years ago, when we got married, we were in love. And I guess I loved her, sort of. But it was certainly nowhere near like it is now. And then, about eight years after we were married, we had a renewed relationship with God. And that renewed relationship with God just completely intensified our love for one another. We we began to realize that it is the two of us that God has brought together. We are... Commanded to love one another. Our, lo- our love grew into an obedient relationship, not necessarily to one another, but in God. We loved one an- another, each other more and more and more because of our love for God. But then something miraculous happened. That grew into this... Switching from an obliga- obligation love into a loving because he loved us. So much very different. I want you to watch this cute little short video, and then I got a couple of things to say about it. Why would anyone want to do the dishes? Why? Why would anybody want to take the garbage out? Why would anybody want to vacuum or dust? Why would a church member want to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and hook up a trencher and tow it over to his pastor's house and trench a ditch before he goes to work in the morning? Why would he want to do that? Why would you want to serve someone else? Why would you want to love someone else when you don't have to? You could be playing video games. You could be doing anything else. God wants us to want to love one another. God wants us to want To reach a world that's unreached. God wants us to want what he wants. The first key to being missional is being obedient. The second key is this culture of serving. Serving daily as a lifestyle just as you would serve Christ and just as he served. Matthew 28 says this, actually, Matthew 20, verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Erwin McManus made a statement, actually wrote this in one of his books. It speaks to the issue of the world losing interest in the church. Many people have said today the world has just lost interest in the church. I heard an interview just a week or so ago uh, with a pastor talking about how the world has just lost interest. Barna has just recently done some studies saying that the world doesn't care about the church anymore. And Erwin McManus flipped that and said this: "The church has lost interest in the world." Wow. That hurts. Are we intentional in serving, serving each other, serving in the church, serving outside of the church? Or are we intentional? The church absolutely cannot function well without service. It just can't. I, I remember uh, several years ago, uh, I guess it was probably close to five, maybe six years ago, uh, coming and visiting y'all's church when you were meeting at the school. And, uh, and, and I was just blown away after the service, the moving parts. And the dozens and dozens of people that were moving stuff. And two great big trailers, I'm sure some of y'all are going, man, why are you reminding this? There was so many of you doing so much stuff, serving every week. Portable church is tough. But then we get sometimes... and and this isn't coming from any insight, I'm talking about lots of different portable churches that I've seen when they become established into a building, into a property of their own. When there's not nearly as much to do as there was when we were doing portable church, then we find ways to not serve anymore. Children's minister, ministry, I remember having a pastor one time. He, he stood up and he said, uh, here's the deal. Uh, if I show up and there's nobody back in the nursery, uh, I'm going to be back in the nursery. And I don't know who's preaching, but <laughs> good luck. Y'all are on your own. Somebody's got to be in the, in, in the nursery. Somebody's got to be doing children's ministry. Somebody's got to be doing youth ministry. Somebody's got to be in charge of groups. Somebody's got to help out with the worship team. Somebody's got to do family ministry. It doesn't matter how much money a church has, no matter how much staff, and let me tell you what, I grew up at Rehoboth Baptist Church in Tucker, Georgia. Uh, At the time, in the 70s, it was uh, the second largest church in Georgia. It was the fifth largest church in the southeast United States. And 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 they had I, I I learned to play baseball and football because we had nine sports fields we had all kinds of sports fields and 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 I'm telling you what they had staff upon staff this is back in the 70s and then I in in more recent years I went to First Baptist Woodstock there there are 68 ministers not secretaries and janitorial staff 68 ministers on staff at first Baptist Woodstock they don't function without lay leadership the church will not be what it should be or could be without lay leaders serving we have to serve and let me say this does anybody know what's special in the church about the month of October is there anybody out there that knows this? Knows the answer to this question? <laughs> a couple, uh, of course. Pastor Appreciation Month is is uh, is in October. Now, I served on staff uh, at different churches over a twenty-year period of time, and I was never once <laughs> publicly appreciated. Uh, I'm. I, a couple of times there was somebody who gave me a pat on the back and said, you're doing a good job, son. Um, and, and I appreciated that. But it's much more than just staff. It's much more than just pastor. Today is actually pastor appreciation. Pastor Chris, I appreciate you. Yeah, tell him, tell him y'all. Where's, where's Hunter? Pastor Hunter, appreciate you, brother. See, the church doesn't function just with their service. It functions with your service. And we take that a step further and we serve outside these walls. You know, people today, lost people, people in these communities that that no longer, that we think no longer care about the church, that we need to care for, but we need to care for them in tangible ways. We need to serve them in Tangible ways, you know what y'all did uh, serving these schools, these teachers and and staff at these schools uh, a couple of months ago, serving them lunch. That seems very small, but I tell you, probably the biggest difference that was made was not the food, not the box, not the thing that came from Sonny's. The biggest difference was the smile and the love that the individual from Piedmont Church, as they. Pass that box onto that person. They're thinking, wow, I, may, I mean something to them. Serving each other. So we, to be missional, we have to be obedient to God. We have to serve. But we also have to lose our lives. Wow. Man, you're getting preachy now, Don. Nobody wants to hear that preachy stuff. Jesus didn't call us into safety. I'm telling you what. <laughs> I heard this illustration uh, several years ago about the, uh, the pastor was talking about how many of us, we, we come home from work, we pull into our driveways, we hit the button, the garage door comes up. We fly into the garage and hit that button again and let it come back down so that none of our neighbors know we're home yet, because we don't want to see them, we don't want to talk to them, we don't want to be around them. Not, not, you know, it, it's this, it's this fear thing. Boy, you know, may, maybe, maybe you really love your neighbor, but you know they've got, you know, they got the gout in that right toe, and if you stop you're going to hear about that gap in the right toe for 20 minutes. You know, we, we, have, we have become a society of safety. You know, we, we want our little bubble. We, we, we have our little bubble at our schools. We have our little bubble. I, I tell you, when we moved to, uh, to Harbor Club, at Lake O'Cone. That was ugh, that was a thing for me. We lived for 20 years in South Marietta in the second poorest community in Cobb County. Everybody on my street, everybody in our schools, their, their, their average income was poverty level the average income was poverty level and 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 i'm telling you what there was no silo to hide in there and now we're in harbor club and you can't get to my house without going through a guard shack you can't it's it's annoying to me (laughs) we we went and visited a church my wife and i did a, a local church there in greensboro and, uh, and actually, we visited there eight or nine times, and not one time did anybody ever reach out to us and say, hey, my name's so-and-so. Where do y'all live? Not once. And I'm going, what in the world are wrong with these people? They just... And then it dawned on me. They're, they're, they're in this little community. They're in this little clique. And they're in this little community. We've got groups in churches now that close. I, I may be making Chris mad when I say this. That drives me crazy. Because in my mind, if I have a community group or I have a cell group or whatever you guys call them around here, if I have a group, my first thought is we need to raise up somebody in this group to split this group and take another group so that we can grow again. But we don't ever want to get to the point where we're so, man, we're so cool. We're, we're man, we're, everybody wants, everybody in our church wants to be around us. We have to close this off. Do we really want to be that way? Do we want to be so safe, live in this silo? Matthew 10, 9 says, Anyone who loves their father or mother more than, they, more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Are we losing our lives You know, when we go to, to uh, uh, a Tatna Square football game, or when we go to an FPD football game, or when we go to whatever school you're involved in, football game, do we just connect with our little clique and stay there? Or do we venture outside of that silo just a little bit, come out of our safety zone just a little bit, and reach out to somebody who just might not be getting love wherever they are? Are we losing our comfort? So when Jesus says, lose your life, he's saying, lose your safety, lose your comfort, lose your silo, and reach out and become missional. Every year, Churches spend, this is mind-boggling to me, over $40 billion on buildings. Churches own in excess of a quarter of a billion in real estate in North American churches. We have created in church these country club mentalities, if you will, where we rush in from our lives, we come into the parking lot, we rush in the door, we shake a few hands, we come in, we get our blessings, we rush back out, shake a few hands, go back into the parking lot and go back about our lives. And that's oftentimes the last time we think about church until next week. Until we think about the world out there that's dying and lost being missional you've got to be obedient we have to be servants and we have to lose ourselves outside of this safety zone band you can come on up how can the people of Piedmont Church impact this community I heard this one time, we had a... Uh, uh, at... at I don't, many of you will never heard of this school, it won't even matter, but the school that Chris graduated from, high school, called Osborne High School. Osborne High School is... Uh, it? it's the... it's the armpit of Cobb County Schools. Now, you gotta understand, Cobb County Schools has 17 high schools. and And they tried to close Osborne High School back in the, in the early 90s and, and because it was the original school, not just high school, but Osborne School was the original school in Cobb County, the alumni made the county Board of Education keep it open. And from that point forward, it's always been Oh, y'all are always wanting something done for Osborne. Well, you know, they don't do anything for the county. And they don't, you know, all they do is bring down our test scores and, and bring up our crime rate and, and do this and, 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 and do that and do the other. And, and, and I'm going, wow. Why don't we make a difference in that community? There was a little church on the corner. Right next, actually, the properties joined. Uh, it, it was a little Methodist church joined to the property of Osborne High School called St. Philip United Methodist Church. It no longer exists now. Uh, and I heard the pastor... Wow, that's a blessing. And I heard the... Pa- <laughs> Excuse me. And I heard, I heard the pastor get up one time and he was talking to about 25 people in his congregation and and it was the uh, it was the Sunday after graduation and he asked the people he said if we fail to exist next Sunday will anyone in this community notice that we're no longer here Piedmont let's ask that about Piedmont Church if Piedmont Church fails to exist next Sunday other than the fact that my son will be out of a job and probably have to move to Greensboro and bring my grandbabies. Uh, Would it matter to this community? Would it matter to the community that you are established in? Would it make a difference? I'm all about Jesus making a difference in people's lives. I'm all about me being a part of his tool to make a difference in those people's lives. Do you love one another? Are you serving? Are you losing your life? Are you coming out of your safety zone and out of your silo to give life to someone else? Are you being missional as a lifestyle? Not just a few words on a page. Let me pray for us. Father God, I, I thank you that, that you have given so many people here at Piedmont a passion uh, to do the hard work to come here to, 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 to put, deal with this building to purchase this building, to go through COVID, to go through all the things that they've gone through and they still show up and love you, love each other. God, I pray that you'll give us a passion deep down to be missional. That it won't just be words on a page, that it'll be a lifestyle that we live out each and every day. God, would you light that fire in us? Jesus, you're an awesome Savior. I thank you for my salvation. I know that none of this would be anything had you not come into my life, taken out the trash, and filled it up with your riches. I thank you for loving me I thank you for saving me. Jesus, fire us up to go be missional. I love you. It's in your precious and holy name I pray. Amen.